Brady throws the ball downfield. He's got Evans toward the end zone. Evans makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a great throw by Brady. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Fire the cannons. Brought to you by Frontier. Uncable yourself. Get fiber internet. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Dropping to throw Mahomes. We run a stunt, run a stunt. And we sock him at the 50-yard line. Wow, he's clobbered. Now your host, Bucks team reporter, Casey Phillips. Welcome to Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I am so excited to be joined by wide receiver Chris Godwin. Chris, thanks for being with us. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Uh, I know the game did not go the way you guys hoped for, but uh, congrats on a, a huge game for you. So let's just kind of start with um, big takeaways from the game as you guys look at it now the next day. You know, and specifically we can speak to the offensive side of things of, mm-hmm. of what you think is going to be the the thing in the meeting rooms that's that's getting talked about. Um, that's a good question. I think the biggest thing, honestly, is just like we've been doing so much of like kind of like um, killing ourselves. If that, you know what I mean? Like. We'll be doing some things that are really, really good, and when we do those things, we move the ball like really efficiently. And then, like it'll be a, like a penalty here, um, you know, a lot like a, a tackle for a loss here, or like a, a incompletion. It'll just be something like stupid that we do um, that kind of kills our drive and it kills our momentum, and then it just kind of spirals from there. So I think. The overall message would probably just be we got to do a better job of one, like you know, not making, uh, not having self-inflicted wounds but also like being able to bounce back when we do those things to get it back on track. I know sometimes it's hard to figure out some of those things. They can feel a little intangible of why is this happening? And it can feel like, I don't know, because it feels like we practice this or we know this. So what did it feel like maybe was the difference of the Seattle game in Germany? Mm Because it felt like that was the Bucks team y'all have known you could be, wanted to be the complete game that you guys have been wanting all season. Mm -hmm. So what felt different about that game and then that didn't seem to carry over this time? Hmm. I think, like, I, don't know, I feel like, like we, were, we were just kind of, like, clicking on, on, on a lot of cylinders in, in Germany. Like, our run game, we ran the ball really, really well that game, um, and I think it opened up a lot of things for us. Um, and we didn't run the ball terrible this game, but I know that we can do a much better job of it. Um, and I guess, you know, you, like you have to credit Cleveland for the job that they did in terms of like stopping our run game. But, you know, we have to be more aggressive, um, you know, that's all around. And I feel like everybody kind of took their turn of not making their block or not being in the right spot. And it kind of, it, it, it puts you in a tough position. Um, so I think like that's probably like the biggest thing because, you know, like we, like we know that we can pass the ball, but it's very hard to do that if you're one dimensional. Um, so I think like whenever we do a better job of running the ball, it opens up everything else for the rest of the uh, offense. Yeah, and, and speaking of running the ball, I know Fournette was not going to be available this game. Um, so when you look at Rashad, and I mean, we know incredible game for him in, in Germany against mm-hmm. Seattle, and then now another one where over 100 yards from scrimmage and you know stepped up in, in a really big way in, in Fournette's absence. Um, also that 35-yard run, which is now the longest of the season. So what have you seen from Rashad in particular in when he's been called upon to, to step up in these ways as a rookie already yeah. so early in his career? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been really impressed with him. Um, and and you could see kind of flashes of, of what he could be, you know, back, even back in training camp, um, you know, and I, I think he has the right approach as well. You know, he, he's, he's, he's a good dude and he, he really cares about ball. He cares about trying to get better. And I think you're starting to see those things show uh, on the field. Um, like he's getting an opportunity now, like you said, Lenny's been out for, uh, he was out most of the Germany game. 
and he was completely out this game. So you're starting to see the opportunity being presented to him, and he's been, you know, preparing for this opportunity. So now he's taking advantage of it. So it's not really like a surprise by me. I just think it's, um, I think it's stuff that we've kind of seen building over the course of the last couple of months. Um, so it's cool to see, and like, obviously I think that he'll continue to get better uh, as he gets more and more experience. I've heard him be compared to you actually in a couple ways mm -hmm. in terms of his off the field maturity level, who he is, the way he came in as yeah. a rookie. And so, A, I'd love to hear your thoughts on his mindset as a rookie and what you've seen. And then the fact that you are the standard to which to compare someone who comes in the right way, does everything the right way and with yeah. that maturity, how, how cool that is for you to hear. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think first, I think that is pretty cool. Um, I think that's, um, I think, I think that's a big honor uh, like for me because um, I think it, it, it speaks to how my teammates and people are, like, across the building kind of perceive me and, and the way that I carry myself. Um, and so I, I think that's really cool. Um, but specifically for Rashad, I mean, I, I can see that, you know, and like I said, from the time he got in, um, like you can kind of see the mentality like that he had. Like, he, he really just, he, he wants to be great. Um, and like he understands the situation like that he's in, understands like all the great players that he has around him. So he tries to use as much of us as like as he can to build this like um, this wealth of knowledge. Um, and he like he's he's never been afraid to ask questions. Um, he, he's a very mature guy. He carries himself the right way. Um, like you never really see him like like doing things that like you know you would expect like rookies to do. Um, so it, it's pretty it's pretty cool to watch. Like is like so that like like whenever he does something good you feel good about it because you know that that's somebody that put the time in that really cares about ball and like wants to be great. So it's like, it feels right. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. We're talking to wide receiver Chris Godwin. And uh, for you, um, 12 catches, 110 yards, mm -hmm. no big deal. Just every time it felt like the ball was in the air, it was like, yeah, I bet this is going to Chris. Yeah. I bet this is going to be a catch. <laughs> uh, new franchise record for number of games in a row with at least six catches. Really? Yep. Fun fact for you. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. How many? Eight. Eight. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Why do you think that. it is that you, and this is something I remember in years past that it is your quantity of catches mm -hmm. per game is always incredible. That you were setting franchise records for just number of catches in a game and yeah. now the games in a row with a lot of them. Why do you think it is that you're someone who can produce the quantity of catches that you do? Oh, I think, so I think firstly, it's like the, the position like that I'm in. Um, I think it's like a very unique role that I play like in the offense. And I think you see a little bit of it um, in a couple of different teams across the league. Like I think like Cooper Cup is in a very similar role. Um, but I think like when you kind of play like a bigger slot receiver, you kind of get like grimy within like the like the run game. So I think it kind of lends itself to being able to get things off of that. But um, I think another thing is just kind of like building that that chemistry with your quarterback. Um, I like to try to be as much of like a security blanket like as I can, like for him to know that whenever he need, like you know he needs somewhere to go with the ball, he comes my way. That it's a really good chance that it's going to be completed. Um, but I also just try to like. I also try to be like a spark for the team. Like, I feel like that's like that's a, a role that that I can really like excel in. Um, just doing things the right way, whether it's run game or the pass game, trying to always be um, like positive, trying to always be someone that that gives us energy. Um, and I think that's part of it. It's like, you know, even if it's not like an explosive play, it's like the fact that we got the completion, we might get five yards, might get ten. Like whatever whatever I'm doing, I might set us up for something else that's bigger. So I try to be 
I try to look at it that way. It's amazing. And I know that also uh, you, there have been so many little records and things you've been passing recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is that you've now, you're at the six most touchdowns from scrimmage in team history. And uh, you are now tied for the fourth most receiving touchdowns in team history. Both of those happened with your touchdown in the game nice. uh, Sunday. Um, so it's one thing to just produce a lot of catches, mm-hmm. but for it to also be in the end zone so often. Yeah. Uh, that's not just a security blanket thing. That's a, and the yeah. red zone we know is a hard area to produce in. So mm-hmm. uh, what's been going well for you in the end zone in particular, and especially now you got one in the last two games in a row? Yeah. Um, I think like... Getting in the end zone is hard, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and that's something I've really like. I've I've known it, but I really, really have felt it this season. Like it's just, it's hard to do. Like people, like guys in the NFL, it's the best in the world. So it's very challenging to do. Um, some of it's like like schematics, but some of it's just like guys like having to make plays. Um, and I think that like as I, as the season's kind of progressed, I started to really like slowly but surely like get my groove back and like. It's still like on the way, like I can still feel it like coming. But I think the last couple of weeks you start to kind of see me getting like like closer and closer to being like what people are used to seeing from me. Mm. Um, and you know, I, and I think that's very evident with like, you know, last two games, a touchdown on each of them. Um, so it's, it's been pretty cool. Yeah, and you and Mike are also now the top two receivers in Bucks franchise history in yards mm-hmm. that you uh, recently got up to that number two position to be yeah. right behind him. How cool is that to know that in franchise history, the top two guys yeah. are getting to play alongside each other at the same time. That is, that's that's something that's really really cool. Um, I think, and 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 I hope that's something that people can, that people can appreciate because, like, I know, if, like, as a fan of football, like, I would love, like, I love seeing stuff like that. Like, you know, like I, I remember, like, growing up, I used to love like watching like Torho and Isaac Bruce and like Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. Like, you know, teams that had like, you know, two guys over the course of some years that, that can really go. Um, so to be a part of something like that is really cool. And, you know, I learn from Mike every day. You know, ever since I got here, he's been, you know, he's been like a, like a big brother to me and kind of like taking me under his wing. And it's like, it's cool to have that because, you know, some guys have like the wrong mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, they see a, like a younger guy come in, they feel threatened, but, you know, Mike has never been that way. And I think that's allowed me to be able to come in and do what I do and, you know, kind of flourish in the way that I have. Yeah, that's incredible. And. You know, he also uh, reached 10,000 career receiving yards yeah. in the game, which is a crazy number. Um, and now, to just think about this is so crazy. He is, this is the list of people who have 10,000 receiving yards and 75 receiving touchdowns in their first nine years of playing. This is, this is the whole list. You have Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Harrison, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, and Mike Evans. Wow. That's the whole list. That's wow. quite a list of people. Yeah. Explain to me what it's been like to watch Mike do. You've been there for a lot of this now. To watch him put up these numbers when you know and you see the way that defenses focus on him. And sometimes you're the beneficiary of the fact that they're focusing on him. (laughs) So for you to know how often you're getting some extra stuff Mm -hmm. and then he's still putting up these kind of numbers and even before he had you to also be distracting the defense, I'm sure he's benefited from you as well. Mm -hmm. What is it like to watch him put up these kind of stats and to hear that he is a part of that list? It's uh, honestly, it's amazing. It's like I, I think I appreciate it more than than he does because, like, you know, like you know Mike, but yeah. like, and most people that do know Mike, like, know that like he doesn't particularly care about like the numbers or that like he just wants the ball. Um, it's very frustrating for those of us trying to shout him out. And yeah, and he's just he like downplaying it. Yeah. yeah, like he, <laughs> you know, like I think like. 
he just like that's not that's not uh, at the top of his priority list, which is probably why he's so you know why he's so great. Um, but for him to be like on a list like that, you know, it's that's pretty pretty amazing. Um, like it's I was I was actually just talking to Mariah about this on the way to, on the way here um, this morning. I was like. You know, Mike just passed 10,000 receiving yards, and like I felt like he didn't really get to like enjoy it just because of how the game went. Right. But like, I was, I'm I'm going to acknowledge that because like that's a, that's an amazing feat, and especially at, at the the pace that he's doing it. Um, you know, I, I think he's still on pace to get a thousand yards this year, which would be what nine. Mm-hmm. In his Every, first, all nine years. Yeah, like people don't do that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, for him to be the the types of coverages like that Mike has seen. Um, I don't think he gets enough credit for doing what he does, you know, through all that. Like, in those first couple of years, like, he was getting double teamed, you know what I mean? And, like, he's still getting double teamed. And, like, he has a lot more help now. But, you know, he's, he's had to do it through through a lot with a bunch of different quarterbacks. And, you know, the, the consistent thing and all of that has been, like, him performing. So I think it's, it's, it's a real credit to him. Yeah, and then in games like yesterday where – it's not one of those games where Mike's getting those crazy numbers. And um, what are the things that you guys see of what could still be better to get Mike the ball more in a game like yesterday? Or, you know, what is it that the defenses are doing? Or, you know, a chemistry situation, route running, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you guys see in terms of a game like Sunday of what could be done differently maybe to help him out and get him more? I honestly think the biggest thing is just, like, him and Tom being on the same page. Um, like, and... I would say like 90% of the time they're on the same page and like that's why it looks the way it does. That's why they're completing the the passes that they do, you know, but sometimes they're not. Um, and I and I really just think it's like it's that simple. Like um, when they're clicking, everyone's going to know it because Mike's going to have almost 200 yards or something like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. a couple of touchdowns. Um, but it's like, you know, football is, is so – it's a tricky game. And sometimes you're not on the same page. Sometimes things that you normally hit – a little bit off, you know, it's a game of inches. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything for people to worry about or I know I'm not worried about it. Like I know, I know both of those guys. I know the, the work that they're going to put in and like it's going to be a great week. Yeah, I think Tom Brady and Mike Evans know a thing or two about yeah. the football thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, they, they might know one or two. They might know one or two things. All right, we're going to take a quick break here and we'll be back with more on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here again is Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I am joined by wide receiver Chris Godwin. Um, also wanted to make sure we talked about Co Keith getting his first career oh, yeah. touchdown. Tell me <laughs> about this play. Tell me about Co. And and also we can talk about Cade. These two yeah. rookie tight ends that have uh, have come in and done a lot of stuff for the team. Man, they've. First, you know, they both have done a tremendous job of just coming in. And, like, it's so interesting because, like, like, you have, like, typically have rookies on, like, one end of the spectrum. Like, guys that come in and, like, their heads are, like, like pretty, like, big. Like, they think very highly of themselves. And, and then they have to be uh, kind of humbled just, like, through, like, the nature of the game. Like, oh, wow, this is different. And then there's guys that come in are just kind of, like, relatively quiet, you know, just here to learn. And then they just work and earn the respect of their teammates. And, like, both of those two have been the latter. Um, and it's been really, really cool to see because, like, when they first got here, like, it's not like they had guaranteed roles carved out for them. Mm. They had to carve their own roles out. Um, and, like, they, like I said, they both came in and just worked. You know, they both do a really great job of blocking, which is, like, how they, like, found the field initially. But then slowly but surely they've proven that they are legitimate, like, passing threats. Um, 
And so for Cole to get his his first touchdown, like that was that was pretty cool. Cause like Cole, he's he's a he, he's a fun guy. Um, he's just like you know like this funny like redhead dude got the beard going. Like <laughs> yeah. he look like he looks like a guy named Cole Keith. Yeah. Like you know like <laughs> he looks you, like a blocking tight yes, end. Yes. Keith. Exactly. Yes. Like he he looks like he should be wearing one of the cowboy collars. Yeah. Um, I told him he he has to throw one of those on. I, I haven't been able to convince him yet. But That's true. That does fit him. It does for it fits sure. him. It fits him, but no, I, I think that he does a um, he does a really good job of understanding what his role is, yeah. and he's going to do that role to the best of his ability, uh, yeah. and that's really all you can ask for in anybody on the team. So, but you know, for him to get his first touchdown, I thought like that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, really that's cool. incredible. Um, I know that definitely one of the um, worst moments of the game was seeing Tristan go down with injury, and yeah. we still at the point of recording this haven't heard news of how serious or not it is, but. Um, just what does he mean to this team and this offense and, and what it would look like to miss him for any time mm -hmm. at all when realizing he's still so young, but just the yeah. the anchor he's become for this for this offense and this team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty crazy, like, thinking about how young he is because, like, I feel like he's been around, like, as long as I've been here. Yeah, um, that's how we all felt about you at this yeah, point in your career, too. So there's point. another guy, yeah. That's a good point. Um, but, yeah, I think, man, uh, Tristan, he – like you're right, he's been one of the anchors of our offense and of our team. He's been so consistent from the first day he got here. Um, he loves ball, but he's also like he's a, a freak of nature when it comes to like his size, you know, his ability to move. Um, you know, he's going against some of the best pass rushers in the world and excelling. You know, he's dominating guys. Um, I think what he's given him like three sacks his whole career or something like that. Like guys don't do that. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so like to see him go down, it, and it was just really like a freak play. Like it was wrong place, wrong time, um, which is unfortunately like part of the game. And uh, hopefully, hopefully he's all right, and hopefully like he'll be he'll be able to come back this season. Um, but I think that like we all recognize how how big of an asset Tristan is, like in terms of his ability. But he's also you know a great guy, and he's one of like the leaders on our team. Um, and I think he's starting to kind of grow into like that leadership role a lot more this season. And you're starting to see him continue to like to develop in that way, um, which has been cool for me to see. But my heart goes out to him. And I imagine once you've had an injury, does it change how 100%. it feels in that moment? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. And it, it was because I didn't see it when it happened, but I just saw he was down, and I saw how much pain he was in, and it just like kind of like had like some PTSD. Yeah. I was like, like I just I know like what that feeling is like and mm -hmm. it's and it's a very bizarre feeling you know being on this side of it so I think maybe I have a little bit more empathy for him because of that but um he's a tough guy he's a tough guy and, and there's no doubt in my mind that whether it's you know in a couple of weeks or, or longer I think he'll, like he'll be back to you know doing what he normally does mm -hmm. what do you remember about that time for you of the initial injury and realizing what the diagnosis was and just yeah. what that take people inside that moment for people who've never experienced something like that mm -hmm. of as an athlete both the mental and physical and the way you said PTSD I mean the, the trauma of it yeah. of, of mental and physical trauma in a moment like that it's um it's very eerie like it's because I, I had never experienced anything like it up until that point um and so like for me like initially like, like I knew that something was wrong like from the hit like it was a pain that I never really felt before um, but just didn't really know to like like the extent, and I think after the field assessment, we knew like my MCL was completely torn. Um, but like 
how I how I am just naturally. I'm like, okay, but like, when do I get back on the field? <laughs> uh, Who needs an MCL? Yeah, I was like, that's it. It's just yeah. MCL. Um, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that does. Let's I don't go. need that. <laughs> but I was like, so I'm trying to figure out how to get back on the field, and um, they're like, I mean, if you want to, we can tape it up and you can try it out. So obviously, I'm like, let's do that. Yep, sure. Let's do that. Because I'm a crazy person. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm trying. I'm testing it out. And I'm like. I think I might be able to do this. Like, I don't like it. Stop was a little bit hard, but like, who needs to stop? You just run out of bounds. I just go straight for the touchdown and into the tunnel and be out the door. Like, somebody will stop me if I don't. You know, somebody hit me. (laughs) Um, But so, like, I'm trying it out, and then I was just like, man, like, like it felt like it was just iffy. Um, But I did like I felt like if it was like a playoff game, that I probably would have, I probably would have went back out there. Um, And I'm glad I didn't because. You know, looking back on it, like my like my ACL was gone as well. Um, and if I went out there and got hit again, I probably would have thought that like I caused it by going back out there, and that would have been harder, uh, like a harder pill to swallow. Um, but just the the initial like I guess diagnosis, like the next day, um, it was it was a it was pretty tough to to deal with because it's like um, well one I was having a really good season. Uh, up until that, I was like two catches away from 100 catches and already over a thousand yards, and I would have like 30 catches in like two and a half games. I was like really, really hitting my stride, and I felt like it was going to set us up for a really nice playoff run. But so there was like the frustration of not being able to be a part of that playoff run, um, of understanding that all of my hard work from the off season up until that point and through the season, it was just like, like, this is over. Um, and then the uncertainty of not knowing what's next. Cause again, I had never been through anything like that before. I had never had a season ending injury. Um, people always tell you that like ACL recoveries are hard, but I mean, they can only tell you so much. Like, at, so at this point I'm like, I just gotta, now I'm here experiencing it for myself. So we'll see. Um, and it was just, it was a really, really tough process. Uh, and it really, you know, I like how they say, like, in times of adversity, you know, really, like, test your character, and that was very, very true for me then, um, and it just, it, it allowed me to, to really understand who I was, who I am, and, like, where I go from here, um, but, so, like, looking back on it, it was, it was definitely, like, an a, a big area of growth for me, um, I wouldn't have like chose to go through it, yeah. but being on the other side of it, I, I think I'm much better for it. Um, I have a much better appreciation for the game, and I and I, I didn't feel like I was lacking in that prior, but it's just different. Um, but I also have a lot of empathy for guys that they get hurt. You know, whenever I see guys with ACLs beforehand, I just like, damn, like that sucks. But now I'm like, that really sucks. Really sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. Like I know what they're about to go through. And it's and it's a tough process. Um, so again, so when I see guys get hurt, I'm just like, man, yeah, like I hate that for them because we put so much into this. We, this is our obviously it's our job, but mm-hmm. we, a lot of a lot of us been working 15 plus years to get to this point and to do what we do, um, to be able to provide for our families and and so much more. Just like the enjoyment of the game, their quality of life. Um, so when I see guys get hurt, it just I feel it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we're talking to wide receiver Chris Godwin, and uh, 
when you talk about the how challenging it is to come back and then now you've said that you've felt the process getting better this whole time all season of getting back to the, mm -hmm. you call it the Chris Godwin we've come to expect, but I'm sure it's also the Chris Godwin that you expect. Oh, for sure. Um, so what is that felt like in terms of maybe your expectations for yourself coming back, what you thought it would be like getting back on the field, how mm -hmm. long it's taken you to feel like Chris Godwin again? Yeah. Is it mental? Is it physical? Is it both? What's What's the most challenging part of coming back on the field and trying to get to that 100% of who you were before? Well, I, I think the mental like aspect of it uh, has been impacted by the physical. Like, I think, like, mentally, when I, like, by the time I got back, like, so, like, getting back for the first game was a big victory for me. Um, I know, like, once I got, like, once I got done my surgery, like, they're like, yeah, typically it's nine to 12 months. I'm like, nine. Nine. <laughs> like, there was no other, like, option yeah. in my head. I'm yeah, like, yeah. why would I... So like that was always my goal, and like just throughout the rehab process, I'm like, like that's it, like that's what I'm aiming for. Um, so go, like getting back for game one was um, that was really exciting for me. It was just it was very cool, like one that I was able to actually like make it back for that. Um, when like especially when like a lot of people thought would, thought I wasn't gonna be back until like November. So I'm like I'm back for the first game, back with my guys, and you know first play of the game. Like, I get the ball and, like, an explosive play. And up until that point, I hadn't been hit yet. So, and, like, on, what, nine, ten months? So it was, like, I get a catch to get involved in the game. I get an explosive play. Like, so I get to kind of open up some and get to feel the speed of the game. And then I get hit. So I get everything that I need in that one play. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, we're back. Like, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, hurt my hamstring right before, like right before the half. I can't imagine that feeling for you in that uh, moment. You, like I, I can't imagine the explosives that must have gone through your mind. Yeah, as soon as it happened, I'm like, there's no way. There's no. Like it literally, like, I grabbed the ball and like I felt my hamstring. I was like, there's no way that this, <laughs> like, there's no way. I, I was like, this has to be some kind of sick joke. <laughs> um, so I was like, that side on me for a couple, um, and. That really tested my mental as well, because I'm like, all right, like, you finally made it back, and now that's another hiccup. It's like, mm -hmm. I feel like I can't catch a break. Yep. But, you know, like, there's, you can't control, you can't control things that happen to you. Nope. You know, but one thing, you know, me and Mara always say is, like, we can't control the event, but we can't control how we respond to it, like, our mentality, mm -hmm. our approach, that whole thing. So, um, I just kind of took that approach to it, and then um, over the course, like, once I got back, it's like, trying to get back into like my groove mm. um because now like coming into the season like i was already kind of a little bit behind just like from my uh, acl rehab but then you have the hamstring and now you're kind of like dealing with two things and you're a little bit behind the eight ball and i think it's underrated how difficult it is to to be playing at the highest level like of, of football when you're kind of when you're behind the eight ball because now everyone else has kind of has already has a step up on you you have to do so much more to like to make it work um, and like quiet is kept. It's like I feel like ACL recoveries are like until you're like back, back. I feel like it's like a year, like year and a half, two year process before everything is like completely like ready. You know, mm. like to where you don't really feel like any like residual like soreness or yeah. like stiffness or anything like that. Um, and so understanding that, I like I realized that all right, it's gonna take time for me to be back to like what I'm used to doing. 
to making the plays that I'm used to doing, to having the the types of transitions that I am, like in and out of my breaks, um, getting to the spots I need to get to. It's like, like what I realized throughout the whole thing. It's like, man, football's hard. Like, <laughs> it's really, really hard, and and it's 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 hard to play at an elite level. Um, so it gave me a, a greater appreciation for the level I was playing at prior. But it's like, and it's never really been a question to me of like if I was ever going to get back to that point. It's like, just keep working. Mm-hmm. So this whole time I just kind of kept my head low, and just understand that like it's going to take some time. Like I'm going to be like there's going to be some plays where. Like I would normally make it, or like me and Tom are just like our chemistry's off, or like blocks that I just didn't get to. But it's like everything is slowly building, um, and like I would see like glimpses of it in each game. Like it might be a play, or it might be two or three or four, but I would see it, and that would be inspiring for me. It's like all right, like it's on the way, and yeah. I would just keep telling myself that like it's on the way, it's on the way, it's on the way, and then you know. You have a couple of explosive plays, and then a couple of big plays and a couple of big moments, and then Germany comes, and you get a touchdown, and so I got that off my back. Yeah. And then this past game, it's like a couple more explosive plays and another touchdown, 100-yard game, and it's like, okay, it's it's getting closer. Um, so that's kind of like the approach that I've had this whole time. But you still don't feel like it's fully back? Not yet. Not yet. That's on the well, way. that's exciting yeah. to have 12 catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown, and yeah. you're like, nah, that's not it. Nah, it's not it. It's, I, I just feel like there's so much more. Like, there's so much more. I think that I can play so much better. We really um, got to get you with higher expectations. We got to work on this, Chris, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we got to really have it's you way too higher. low. Yeah, way too low <laughs> expectations for yourself. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with wide receiver Chris Godwin, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We're back on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I'm joined by wide receiver Chris Godwin. Um, I feel like you are someone who takes ridiculous care of your body. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like when you got injured, it was like if anyone can handle this, it would be you. So what are some of the things that you are really passionate about when it comes to how you take care of your your mind and your body and, Mm -hmm. and how has... Has this in- injury changed any of that, amplified any of that? What are some of the things of how you take care of Chris Godwin holistically? Hmm. That's a good question. So, like, I've always been into, like, taking care of my body. Like, I think I think I really, really started, like, in, like, college. I started to try to just – I was very curious about how guys took care of their bodies over the course of the season because, like, the way I play, it's, it's how, how I've always played. Like, I've always been, like – this physical, like, guy, like, a block, you know, because I think, like, when I first started playing football, I played offensive line just because of, like, my size. Like, I was just, like, like, it was, like, a weight limit. So, like, I was, like, a taller. I've always been taller. I was never really, like... like you weren't stocky or No, I was just, like, tall. I was just tall. Yeah. And, like, I was, like, over the weight limit. So, I, like, my first three or four years, I had to play offensive line. And now we understand <clears throat> your blocking ability. That's it. And, Look at that. And, like, I used to be upset about it when I was a kid because I'm like, I, like, I want to run with the ball. Like, I want the of ball. Of course. What kid, but, you know, what kid doesn't? But I think because of that, like, it created this, like, mentality in my head of, like, you know, like, it's a team game, firstly, but also, like, like uh, the physical nature of, like, playing the game. Like, most receivers don't want to block. I'm like we need to block. Like, I have to go do a good job in the run, in the run game. And a lot of times when I do, I do, I do really well in a passing game as well because I think it just, like, fires me up. Um, <clears throat> but I think that 
from the time when I was in college, it was like, man, like how do guys take care of themselves to like, because if I'm gonna play this physical kind of style, like eventually it's gonna catch up with me. Um, so I think just, I started to have a little bit of force. I had a little bit of foresight there um, until like early on, like it was just like the normal stuff that you would do in college, like rolling out on like a foam roller, um, which was kind of crazy in college because they would have just like these PVC pipes. Oh my gosh. And they were brutal. And like, yeah. <laughs> like I would like roll that out. That is not a foam roller. No, That's like, <laughs> like they, and they, and the crazy thing is like they had, they had some foam rollers, but they're like, yeah, like if you want to hit like your IT bands, like you get them, like get them good. They like use this PVC pipe. And I was like, I don't even know what my IT band is. Yeah. And they showed me and I used the foam, the PVC pipe. It hurt so bad. I was like, are you sure we supposed to be doing yeah, this? Yeah, this feels like a bad idea. Yeah. Um, but so it kind of started there. And then um, as I got into the league, just really started to kind of like pick guys' brains as to like what they did um, to help themselves. Um, and I've kind of like taken like bits and pieces from different guys. But, you know, I do a bunch of different things from <clears throat> like hot and cold contrast. So like I'll use like the hot tub and the cold tub um, and that one feels good. Be like, you know, whether it's like two and two or like three and one, like a split, do that for for a while. Or, you know, I've done yoga at, at some different times, but I think most recently the stuff that I've really been into, like, so for my mental, you know, I meditate a lot. Um, I do that and like, like I like sit down and have like a, you know, like a dedicated kind of like meditative practice um, that I do, like whether it's, and it won't be like incredibly long, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. Um, uh, but another thing I kind of do that kind of stems off of that is like when I ride to work in the morning, um, like I used to just like throw like whatever music or podcast on, um, but now like I ride in silence. Mm. And I, I kind of see that as like a time for me to um, kind of start my day with my own thoughts, um, evaluate kind of where I'm at in the moment, like how my body's feeling, what I want to get done that day, um, and just have a like 30 minute period where I'm not like my mind, like my mental space isn't just like bombarded with a bunch of like external stimulus, trying to like be with myself and kind of have some silent time. And I think like that's really, really helped me. Um, the two of those things have really helped me like in games because mm -hmm. it's like there's so much noise going on outside. Um, like, at, like in the games, obviously, cause it's just like a stadium, but there's always like outside chatter or whatever. And this has allowed me to kind of find like my own kind of like quiet space and kind of like block out the noise like in the moment. Mm. So I do that like kind of like from like my mental space and then like physically um, I get, I get many with therapy, shoot, probably six or seven days a week. Wow. Um, and that was really, really important for me during my ACL recovery um, because like there was like a lot of swelling in my knee. So we had to get that worked out, but also just like working through like the rest of my muscles. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard Tom talk about all the times, like staying pliable. You know, they got the guys over at TB12 and they do a great job. Um, so I go there five times, five, four or five times a week. And then MJ, I work, I, she was the one that was like spearheading my ACL recovery. And like, you know, she's a PT too. So she does manual therapy and we've been doing a bunch of work together. And just like the combination of all of that has really helped me, um, help keep my muscles looser. Um, at least more, like more pliable it, it helps just allow me to feel better allow me to recover faster um try to do, like try to do different things to reduce my inflammation like it's a when i when i really think about it, it's a lot of things that i do like i feel like i spend most of my time like trying to recover yeah um you do the thing then you recover from the thing exactly. then you do the thing and then you do the, <laughs> the thing. thing again it's like every everything is like geared towards like trying to 
make sure I'm ready for game day. Mm -hmm. um, which is like, it seems like a lot, but like, I don't think I would have any, like any other way. Like I can't just like get done football and then just go sit around. Yeah. Like I'd be, I won't be able to walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seems important. We're talking to wide receiver Chris Godwin and, uh, you know, as we've talked about just how intentional you are with everything you do, that also extends to uh, you created a foundation so quickly after coming into this league. I feel yeah. like a lot of times, guys, it's it's years in before they figure out causes they want to do or start thinking about that, start thinking about legacy. And it was yeah. like you were thinking about giving back and a legacy day one. Um, so tell everybody, if I know also today is a, a big day for your foundation. So yeah. tell everyone, A, about your foundation, the work you guys do, and why today is a big day. Yeah. So, well, today's a big day because it's our, uh, we have a foundation gal. And um, this is our first event that we've had um, since 20, since our, our launch event, which was in 2019. Yeah. Um, cause I feel like COVID kind of impacted a bunch of that for us. Um, so like this is our, like our first like in-person event for in a couple of years and like, we're really excited about it. Um, but so our foundation and team Galvin foundation, um, so we're starting to, to expand and do a little bit more, but it started, I started as, you know, um, geared towards rescue dogs. Um, and it's really just trying to like one, like help change the stigma from like people like thinking that shelter dogs are just like all bad dogs, mm. you know, like that. But also, you know, trying to get people to adopt their, their pets as opposed to like buying them from breeders. And like, I know like a lot of people don't know, but because it's like, why would you know? But um, it's like hundreds of thousands of dogs that get um, euthanized each year just because of like a lack of space. And a lot of times those dogs end up in shelters because like they're coming from like puppy mills and like all these breeders and stuff that they're just focused on the financial gain of uh, of dogs mm -hmm. and like trying to have like these like designer breeds and all this stuff. And then they literally will, like toss them to the side, like just toss them on the road. Like I think there was been, there was a, a couple stories that we've had of people literally driving past the Humane Society, throwing the dog over the fence and just like driving off. Wow. And so, um, you know, it, it was something that uh, at the, the more I learned about it, the more I saw like there was an opportunity like to really make a difference in a way that not many people were doing, especially not, not like not many athletes were doing. Um, and it was actually like my wife, Mariah, started like she started volunteering first at the Humane Society, and then just like hearing some of the stories that she was telling me, I'm like, man, like like this like this is a real problem. And then I went to the shelter and got to see it for myself. And it was just so different from like what I anticipated it to be. I think that um, when you're there and you kind of see the conditions that a lot of these dogs are in, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a rough situation to be in. You know, like they're in like a small kennel. Um, and it's like who would, like knowing how playful dogs are and like how, like how loving they are, it's like that's, a lot, that's not a great spot for them to be in. Um, and we've seen it personally. Um, we adopted our second dog, Ziggy, from the Humane Society in Tampa Bay. And and just seeing like literally how she went from, like how she was in the shelter when we saw her to like the very first day we brought her home, the first thing she did was lay on the couch. And like she laid there for hours. And it was cool to see, cause it's like, she didn't have that when she was in when she was in the shelter. Yeah. And it's it, it was cool to see that she immediately felt safe. And like little things, like she would never like look us in the eyes. Um, and she was just like very like timid. And now like whenever I'm talking to her, she's looking me dead in my eyes and she's <laughs> so happy. And it's cool seeing that transformation and it's something that we want to be able to give to other people. But it's also like a space that we feel like many people can 
I guess, like, uh, contribute to. Because, like, the reality is if you're buying from a breeder, you're probably spending thousands of dollars. If you go adopt, it might be fifty, eighty-five dollars. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, a lot of times people are just, like, so caught up on these breeds. But it's like you right. can, like, if you really look hard enough, you can find, like, whatever breeds you're looking for, like, in a shelter. And, like, you're, and you're doing a really good thing. Um, so we started with that. And we, and we provide financial assistance, um, like, with that. And, but the biggest thing is, like, the advocacy. Um, we have like a second chance fund, which is um, a lot of the funds that we raise go towards like, there's like some dogs that are like really bad cases that need a lot of medical help in order to keep them alive and to be able to get them adopted. And like the money would go towards their medical, their medical cost or transporting them from, you know, let's say there's a hurricane in Houston and typically during natural disasters, they're like the dogs you left behind. And so it'll be hundreds of dogs that are just trying to figure out you know, where they're going to be at. And there's a lot of great people that are out there rescuing them. But if there was a hurricane, there's no place for them to be in mm -hmm. that local area. So, like, we'll be a part of the transport to get them from, like, Houston to Tampa to get them into a shelter so they can hopefully get adopted. That's um, incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for the good work that you do. That is a very big deal, and I hope the gala is a huge success tonight. Uh, we still have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest with wide receiver Chris Godwin brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I'm joined by wide receiver Chris Godwin. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your wide receiver room. We, we talked about Mike Evans earlier, and I'm sure we could talk about Mike for hours on end. But <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of talented people in that room, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on when um, Julio Jones and, and Russell Gage, just the potential of, of those two guys and, and the dynamic that they bring to this offense. Yeah, I think when we first got them, it was – so I was like, we knew we got Russ um, prior to Julio, and I was like, man, like, that's a great pickup for us. Yeah. I thought that, um, like – Obviously, we had me and Mike, you know, and we've already had, like, a pretty loaded room. You know, we had Scotty and, and Jalen and, and BP um, and Tyler, and it was – so, obviously, like we have a talented room, and then you add Russ to the mix. And um, I remember being on the sideline in Atlanta last year, um, just one of the defenses on the field and talking to Mike. I'm like, man, I feel like every time we play them recently, like, this guy Russell Gage is going crazy. Like, he runs good routes. Like, you know, he makes some tough catches. So, we got him, and I'm like – that's a great addition for us. You know, he can he can really move. He can do some really good stuff. Um, and then a couple months later, we get Julio too. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Like, it's just dope. It feels like, um, <coughs> excuse me. It feels like a lot of the receivers that I like looked up to or like was a fan of when I was a kid. I'm getting an opportunity to play with them, and like that's like that's a pretty surreal feeling for me too. Because it's like, as a student of the game, I was just like, I appreciate their contributions and just like their greatness. Um, but also look forward to the opportunity to, to learn from them, to pick things like from their respective games. Um, and I've talked to Julio a bunch since he's been here, just picking his brain on little things um, that I've been able to add. And it's just, it's really cool. I think those guys are, I think firstly, they're great dudes. I think that we've seen that throughout the year. Like, they're hilarious. Like, our receiver room is straight comedy, uh, which is pretty, which makes coming to work a lot of fun. But they're also like, you know, they care about their job. They want to be great. They want to contribute. They weren't coming in here trying to be like, yo, I got to be the guy. I need this many targets. I need this. Like, all of our conversations they've been here has just been, let's win. Like, how do we 
when, how do we get on the same page? Um, and we've done a lot of communicating and like obviously the health thing has, uh, has really impacted a lot of it. But I think that when all of us are healthy, I think that the, the potential for, for greatness is, you know, is, is unlimited. We're talking to wide receiver Chris Godwin. What are the things that you feel like the offense and maybe the wide receivers in particular, yeah. what, what needs to happen for you guys to feel like you're on the track that you want to be on? I think the biggest thing is just consistency. Um, and that's at, at every level. I think that like, as receivers, like making sure that we're consistently in the right spots that we need to be so that the ball can be delivered to us. And like, you know, then it's on you know, time to deliver the ball on time and in the right spot. It's on the offensive line to be consistent in their blocking. Um, and then like in the run game, it's like on us to be like, because the receivers are a major part of the run game. And like, if we're going to expect the running backs to block and the offensive linemen to block while, like when we're passing the ball, like it's only right that we reciprocate. Um, and that's something that we talk about a lot is like making sure that we're getting a hat on a hat in the run game. And not only just that, but trying to be dominant in it. And I think that's something that we get, like really have the potential to do. And like we've shown bits and pieces of it, but we just have to be like up. It's more consistent. And I think once we do that, you really see things kind of start to take off. And you start to see a little bit of a glimpse in the Seattle game. And it's like, that's something that we can do. We just have to do it. We got to be on the same page. Yeah. We all have, like, have to trust it. Yeah. And how about this, <clears throat> this Saints matchup? Uh, we know that this is a team that no matter what else is going on, mm -hmm. it's a big deal between these two teams. Yeah. They've had the Bucks number a lot, but then you guys were able to get one this last time. Mm -hmm. so, so what do you feel like you guys learned and what are you going to be looking for this week? Well, I think obviously it's always going to be a tough matchup. I think like for whatever, like it's always like, like bad blood, it's always like gonna be a scrappy game. Um, and I think we realized that and really took advantage of that the first game. Um, because it wasn't a pretty game by any means, but at the end of the day, it's whoever goes, you know, the hardest, the longest, and makes the, like, makes the plays in the, you know, the key moments. So I think that like, we can, we can learn from our last matchup, like with that and just improve on it. Um, I think that if we're able to, again, if we're able to run the ball really well, I think that that's going to set us up to be able to do a lot of things. Um, I think both teams wish that they were having a better year, but I think that we both see it as an opportunity that to get back on track with this game. Um, so it'll be a really big one for us. Um, obviously, like they, they always have a really good defense, so it's going to be a challenge for us offensively. Um, but I think that's a challenge that we're up to. Are you going to go tackle Mike Evans after every play just to <laughs> make sure nothing crazy happens? <laughs> Is that your job? <laughs> Man, I feel like every time we play them, I'm just like, like I'm kind of looking out. I'm like, <laughs> everybody, like, every, I'm just like, yo, like, where, all right, like, if something's going on, like, where's Mike? Like, <laughs> where's Mike? And where's 23? Honestly, we we all make jokes about it, but he he's done a, like a much better job yes. <laughs> as of late of like just like chilling. Um, I think for whatever reason, the Saints like I know why. But, yeah, it's like, but think... but the, but the Saints like really get on like under his skin as they do with like a lot of ours. Um, but like we just, as a, as a team, we got to do a better job of just being like composed, because um, like the reality is like they're gonna do things like that are annoying. Like that's what they do. I yeah. think I think it's like part of their like team creed, like be annoying. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's what they have painted on their yeah, walls. Yeah, just be, like we have like respect that they yeah, be annoying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so we gotta just like we gotta be composed. We gotta like win like within the whistle. Um, and I think that like if we're doing that, I think that like the rest of the stuff like we don't got to do anything extra because like we're winning like what we came here to do. Like we're football players, so like we need to just go do that. 
We have less than a minute left, but I have to ask you about this video of the mentalist coming to visit the team <laughs> and guessing your <laughs> bank account pin code. First of all, have you changed your pin code that, since this? Uh, yes. Okay, I great. Have, but it's funny enough, it was like, I actually, um, like, the code that I was doing, and I didn't even realize that I was doing it, was just like, the, it was like the old code to like my old apartment building. That like, cause like, <laughs> okay, I, good. yeah. This but is so, so like, I, cause I, like, right after I went to go change it, because I, I was telling Mariah about it, and she was like, yo, have you changed it yet? I was like, yeah, I'm going to. And I was like, I was just doing now. And I went to change it. I was like, wait, none of my pins are that anymore. Oh, good. And so, like, I wasn't worried about but it. But it is incredible that he still guessed what you were thinking. Yes, 100%. Like, How- I, like I thought that it was going to be my, and, and he guessed it. Cool. That's awesome. I love it. Well, glad to hear your bank account is safe. Oh, yeah. Secure. Secured and ready to go. That's amazing. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us today, and uh, good luck against the Saints next week. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, that's going to do it for us on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio.